combat sports fans, it's time for Strong Style, Impact Media's dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Good to hear, see, however you guys want to uh, consume the show. We're working on some video segments, I promise. Uh, however you consume the show, we appreciate it. And here are all the ways that you can consume the show, as well as leaving us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, all of that fun stuff. Definitely do that. And here's how you can do that. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, Strong Style, Jeremy York, any of those should more than likely find us. If you're one of those people who likes to click on a link and listen to a show, well, go check out our Twitter page at Team Impact Media. That is nothing but the show links. You can scroll to the appropriate show you want to listen to, click a button, and listen as many times as you want. There's no cap. There's no money involved. We like to bring you free content while we can. Also, if you want to follow myself, for the show links, show-related things, and unrelated show things, things I just think are amusing or worth posting, you could do so by following at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And, of course, you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store, and uh, anywhere else you find a podcast. If there is somewhere you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find our podcast, please let us know. We will fix that accordingly. Now, as I said, there's a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. Uh, we got to talk war games. We got to talk um, upcoming UFC fight night. That's going to be coming up very, very soon. Uh, AEW has really got some good things going that we're going to want to get into. But first, let's start with the PFL. The PFL, otherwise known as the Pro Fighters League, had their championship over the weekend. Except Friday night. Uh, they put it behind a paywall. Um, didn't see the initial numbers, but this event delivered. PFL, I, I say it tons of times. The PFL knows how to put on an event. And I'm not just saying that because I went to three of them here locally in Atlanta. Uh, I'm saying that because they straight up had uh they they know how to captivate the audience they know how to keep you involved they know how to sell out the arena they're in they know what they're doing like i said they just put on really really great events they do amazing jobs um i said honestly as, as a media member just access to the event and access to the participants is um is is all I would consider uh, things you would do for the media, but um, when you get fed, you get um, you, you get a lot of other uh, opportunities, um, and it's 
it is they they really put on a great show. They really do. Uh, hopefully, next time UFC or Bellator come back this direction, I can go and I can compare them and tell you guys. You know, I compare them. Uh, but all three of these companies do things a little differently anyway. But let's jump into the PFL World Championship coming to you from MSG New York. All that uh, fun little, they were on the property. I'm going to start with the non-championship uh, matchups. There were uh, some really good ones. Just going to go over those real quickly, and then we'll jump into these six Six championship fights. That's that's incredible. It's just the way their season is set up. So, but that's incredible. Uh, big win for Dakota Dicheva, who got the TKO four minutes and twenty seconds into round number one over Catherine Corrigenis. Dakota, man, she is she's gonna be a force. She is gonna be a lot of fun. She's gonna put English women fighting on the map, uh, big to even bigger. Even bigger than uh, you know, she's she's going to be right up there with uh, with the the other stars. We're go- we're going to see her sooner rather than later. She's going to be a star in the PFL. Um, big unanimous decision win by Magomed Magomed Karimov as he beat Glyson uh, Tibal. If you guys remember, so far I am two and zero on those particular picks. Um, good win. And good submission by Nathan Schulte over Jeremy Stevens. I missed that one. Round number two, about a minute and a half in, gets the submission there. It was a good submission. Just nothing Jeremy could do. And he was frustrated by it, and he should be. But uh, sometimes just not much you can do about it. Uh, Shaman Marias beat Marlon Marias by TKO in round number three. Just yeah, frustrated Marlon, too. He was trying to make his PFL debut. Uh, good win for Shaman. Um, I think there was only one. Yeah, there was one more non-championship fight, and that was the debut of Aspen Ladd as she took on Julia Budd. I thought Julia was going to get this one, and split decision. This one went down to the wire. Aspen Ladd gets her first win in the PFL, her first win in a couple fights as uh, she just left UFC. Uh, and I wish her the best because she could be a force over in Bellator as well. So let's get into the championship fights. First off, we're going to go with the light. Uh, I'm just going to go right up the card. And they started with the uh, the light heavyweight bout between Robert Wilkinson and Omari Akhmedov. Got to see both these guys fight up close. They are two phenomenal fighters. Uh, Omari likes to mix it up a little more and he's he's okay giving a shot or taking a shot to give a shot. And uh, Robert likes to get in there and, and not have to do that. Uh, this ended up being a TKO, TKO by Dr. Stoppage after round number two. Uh, Robert Wilkinson was very much in control of this fight. And 
And uh, congratulations to Robert Wilkinson on uh, all these, on, on his million dollars and on his world title belt. And uh, this was the only fight, I believe, that was the one and two seed. Uh, everybody else, uh, it was it was alternates, and it was uh, twos and threes or threes and fours. And, uh, this was the only one and two seed, and uh, great fight. Great fight. You hate a doctor stoppage, but at the same time, he's there to... He's there to protect the fighters, and uh, it needed to be stopped. Omari had, you know, remember, Omari was the only winner in Atlanta that I did not get a chance to talk with because he was injured during this fight and actually went to the hospital to get checked out, and we never got a chance to see him post-fight. So, uh, wish the best for Omari, and great for Robert, and big-time win. Now we're going to go to the welterweight, the 170 division, where Sadabu Sai, or C, took on Delano Taylor. Delano Taylor's another one. He was a super alternate. He was um, not even the first alternate. He was the second, third, fourth, somewhere in there. Got the chance during the semifinals and won those and made it to the final. Uh, Sadabu, he ends up getting the unanimous decision here. He wins his million dollars, and he wins the welterweight world title. Uh, good for Delano, though, man. He he uh, he he got some some weird chances early, and uh, then being able to be an alternate and to be in this, he fought his way to the final and showed everybody that uh, just because he was down in the standings does not mean that he was a inferior fighter. Him and Sadabu took it to each other. That's why it had to go three rounds. Or it actually went five rounds. It was five round finals for all of them. But five rounds, that's that's not easy with either one of these guys. Sadabu has this crazy reach and these crazy power. And uh, Delano just gets in there and just does a lot of like dirty boxing, dirty. I say dirty, but it's a it's an actual tactic in, in combat sports for people who don't know. I don't want it to sound like it's bad. No, he gets in there and gets his work done. But uh, good for Sadabu on that one. Up next, we went to the lightweight 155 group where Olivier Aubin Mercier, the Canadian, took on Stevie Ray, Scotland's finest. And uh, both super guys. I don't know if OAM was serious when he said this could be his last fight because he said it before the like a couple weeks ago maybe is when the, the like last week I think is when I first heard it but he gives Canada another world champion as he beats Stevie Ray by TKO almost at the end of round number two um, Stevie Ray man he he is uh, he's a bro he is one of those guys that you would want I mean Olivier is really cool too but Stevie Ray just seems like one of the boys that uh, you know you could go train with or that you could go have a couple pints at the pub with I mean just uh, seemed like a super cool guy um, wish him all the best as well and congratulations congratulations to Olivier Aubin Mercier on his uh, million dollars and world title up next we go to the heavyweight we're getting there we're almost to the co-main we go to the heavyweight where Auntie Delia took on Matthias uh, Scheifel. 
Now, Scheifel's another one. He was a, uh, an alternate that kind of came from a little further down, but he absolutely deserved to be there, as he proved. As I said, though, it was just Ante's fight to lose. It was his moment, and two minutes and 50 seconds into round number one, he gets the TKO. Good for Ante, man. He... He, uh, I love that he gets so emotional and so overwhelmed, um, by the moment, and, uh, it, it just means so much. It was just his fight to win, and he did, and hats off to Matias, who had a fantastic showing as well, especially, like I said, fighting his way to the final. You're going to see both these guys back next year. They're going to be big-time contenders. I'm glad I don't fight at all, but I'm glad that I don't fight in the heavyweight division because these two guys would scare me if I was staring them down. Uh, congratulations on the million dollars and the world title belt for Ante. We go to the co-main. The co-main. Ante and Matias would have been, would have easily been the main event had there not been these other two fights, and they delivered. Brendan Lochnane took on Bubba Jenkins. How did this fight go? It went four rounds, two minutes, 38 seconds into it, into the fourth round. As I said, Brendan wanted to stand and trade uh, shots. Bubba wanted to try to use his wrestling and grappling, and this is why it went four almost four full rounds. And then Brendan found a way to get the TKO victory. Congratulations to Brendan uh, Lochnane, uh, hats off to Bubba Jenkins. He was so gracious with his time and so, um, so fired up when we talked to him. And there was, it was a lot going into it. Go back and listen to that podcast if you want to listen to uh, why he was fired up and everything. But uh, he will, uh, he, he won't have the title belt and he won't have the million dollars. But Bubba Jenkins will very much go back to his kids and his students, and he will continue teaching people wrestling and grappling and all that, and he is uh, just a fantastic human. So shout out to Bubba on the effort, and shout out to Brendan on his million dollars and world title belt. Now that left us to the all-important main event. Whether you like to say it or not, the face of the PFL, Kayla Harrison, who... 15 and 0 heading into this one. Her opponent Larissa Pacheco, 18-4 and 0, bringing into this one. Uh, a loss or two of Pacheco's are because of Kayla Harrison. And Larissa is one of the few fighters to take Her uh, Kayla Harrison to the brink. I told you guys I very much saw that Larissa Pacheco had the ability to beat Kayla Harrison, but hey, Kayla also has a lot going for her into if she gets in close enough that she can basically just throw Larissa around. Swig of coffee for you guys. Once again, I'll tell you what kind of coffee, but they don't sponsor the show. If you have amazing coffee, or if you just have coffee in general, because I'd practically drink any coffee, and you want to sponsor the show, reach out to us all those ways that I said that you can find us, including emailing us at 3endzone at gmail.com. I 
think I didn't mention that earlier, so email us. We'd love to tell people about your coffee. But back to Kayla Harrison versus Larissa Pacheco. This thing goes five rounds. They fight for 25 minutes. And I'll be honest, we really didn't need to hear what the judges said. This thing was 65-35, maybe 60, I would say 60-40 for the winner, Larissa Pacheco. So amazing, so great for Larissa. Um, I know everybody's proud of her. I'm proud of Kayla too. And this is kind of what wrestling tries to do as well, except for this played out in real life. That you build up someone like Kayla Harrison. You build up somebody and they run through everybody and they have a couple close calls and they do that. And then finally the person that beats them is an instant star. Instant star. So Pacheco is now an instant star as she is the women's lightweight PFL champion. She gets a million dollars. She gets that shiny world title belt. And so that puts the PFL into an interesting situation. We know they're gearing up. We know there's going to be a PFL Europe. I don't know if that launches next year or not. We know the PFL would like to come back to Atlanta. I welcome that, by the way. Let me know. Let's love to be a part of that again. But your big champ got beat. Your big champ is not going to be in your is not going to be in your tournament next year. She said so a couple weeks ago. She is going to basically do one-off fights, prize fights. I don't know if it's for big paydays. I don't know if it's just maybe she wants another shot at, at Larissa Pacheco for the belt. They'll have to work that out because I think Pacheco wants to be in the tournament. Um, they can bring in people to face Kayla. I believe she still has a year left on her contract. I could be wrong but I think she has a year. If she does, then look for them to bring in a lot of people. I would be willing to bet that they strike a deal with Bellator to potentially bring in Cyborg. That is just rumor that I am saying off the top of my head. That is my opinion. I have not heard that from anybody. I am just saying the types of things that I think could happen. I do not see a deal between the PFL and UFC. But I do see that maybe Bellator does a home-and-home a -home type deal where we'll send Cyborg to face Kayla at your event and you send Kayla to face Cyborg at our event down the road. Maybe so. Maybe they work that out. But that's what I see. And if you tell me that Larissa Pacheco, Brendan Lochnane, Auntie D'Elia, Olivier Aubin-Mercier, Sadabusi, and Robert Wilkinson are the champions moving forward for the PFL. I would tell you the PFL is looking pretty dang good. They're, they're pretty good. They're good to go. I look forward to next year's season. I know they look forward to next year's season. And uh, congratulations to the PFL on a, a, a great season. Great season. I think they have established themselves as one of the top MMA companies on the planet. Did not say the top. You guys know that. But I, I would say that they very much do very well at what they do. Let's move to UFC real quick as UFC Fight Night 
Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Kevin Holland is coming up this Saturday. Looks like the entire card is on ESPN and ESPN Plus, which is fantastic. Um, of all the things that, that, I guess, with Championship College Weekend, that it looks like that the UFC has secured a great primetime spot on ESPN. Great for them. Let me talk about a couple of the fights on this card. you got the main event, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson against Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland is a slight minus-160 favorite, plus-135 for Wonderboy. This is not for a title or anything. These are two welterweights who are looking to move up the card. For the longest time, Wonderboy has been the gatekeeper. I think he wants to let somebody else be the gatekeeper, and he wants to move up. Um, that being said, Kevin Holland, it is hard to deny that any time I have went against him, it has burned me, but I'm willing to take that risk. I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is, uh, is going to win that one. And if it's a five-rounder, I think somewhere in the third round. If it's a three-rounder, I think early third round. I think that's when you're going to see it. Uh, Co-main event, also in the welterweight division, Brian Barberina versus Rafael Dos Anjos, RDA. RDA is a minus 550 favorite, plus 400 for Brian Barberina. Um, I don't know if our friends at the Ankle Pick podcast would suggest this, but I would say if you're looking for a fun bet, throw a couple ducats on Brian Barberina. He does have the ability to win this fight. He he is a lot like a couple of the fighters I've mentioned recently that when Barbarina is on and he is focused, he is going to be really, really hard and a handful for RDA. But RDA uh, is has a lot more experience and is the heavy favorite. But if it were me, I'm picking Brian Barbarina. Um, also on the main card, uh, Matias Nikolai. Uh, Nikolai against Matt Schnell. Uh, looks like Matias is the minus 380 favorite, plus 300 for Matt Snell. I'm going to do the opposite on this one and say go for uh, Niccolo, I think is that maybe how you say it. Producer Sassy's giving me a, a somewhat okay signal on that. We'll go with Matias. Go with Matias on that one. Also on the main card, Ty Tuavasa. King of the Shoey. Which is just gross, by the way. It's it's crazy enough to drink any liquid out of a dirty shoe, but to spit in it and then do that that's I'll leave that for, I'll leave that for the pros. Um not really my thing. I'd rather just high five somebody. But uh Tai Tuavasa, uh as strange as his practice, celebration practices may be, is actually a really, really good fighter. He is a plus one eighty dog in this one. To the minus 220, Sergei Pavlovich. That's going to be a fun fight. Most people would say, oh, Sergei should go in there and take uh, take care of business. But Ty has showed that if you want to stand there and, and trade punches back and forth, he is not afraid to knock you out. That being said, I'm taking Sergei. Maybe it's I don't want to see another shoey. Maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it's that I think Sergey is is uh, one of the next big things at heavyweight. I think Ty is too. This went over Ty though. That's gonna put Sergey into a different conversation. And then lastly on the main card, I believe there's only five on the main card. 
we get Joker Jack Hermanson, a minus 190 favorite, against Roman uh, Deliz, a plus 160 dog in this fight. Um, I, I think it comes down to experience, and I think that's why he is a minus 190 favorite. I like Joker Jack. Although, if Roman Deliz found a way to win this, it would not surprise me. He is he is 11-1, guys. He's You know, it's not like he's, he's lost half a dozen or something. Um, but I will take Joker Jack in that one. This card has Kyle Dawkus and Nico Price, Angela Hill versus Emily Ducati. Captain Caveman, as I call him, Clay Guida, is fighting on this card. Um, Tracy Cortez and Amanda Ribas. I mean, this thing's going to open up with uh, Estela Nunez and Yasmin uh, Yaragui. I hope I'm saying that right. Probably not, but uh, Yasmin, I, I apologize if I'm not. But this, <laughs> to be a fight night, I, I don't know if it was on purpose, but the fact that they did not have an event last week, the fact that Bellator did not have an event last week, uh, in fact, Bellator's next one is next Friday, I believe. We'll talk about that next week. But um, I don't know if they did that out of respect for the PFL. I don't know if that's just honor among thieves there or whatever. Even though I don't think they're thieves. Honor among fighting championships. But uh, I, I definitely appreciate they let the PFL do their thing. And then uh, they, they kind of stay out of each other's way at that point. But that is all the MMA and fighting cards going on for now or that happened recently. We are going to take a short break where you will hear about our friends at BetOnline.net. And we will be right back after this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome back. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline.net. They have the articles. They have the podcast. They have the betting and wagering lines. They have all the information to make you a smarter, more educated fan. That, you know, if, uh, if you like to throw some ducats on some, on some uh, sporting events, then, and you are allowed to do so where you are, always gamble responsibly. If you think you have a gambling problem, there are people you can reach out to. Um... But uh, if you cannot bet, or even if you can, go to betonline.net. They have all these resources that will make you a smarter, more educated fan. Whether you're at the Thanksgiving dinner table, of course that kicked in for me. Uh, whether you're at the water cooler, not really a water cooler where I'm at during the day. But any of those places, they will make you a smarter, better fan. Now, in the first part of the show, we talked about the PFL Championship. Congratulations to all six of their new champions. Uh, talked a little bit about UFC Fight Night. Now let's get into some professional wrestling. And we're going to start 
right out of the gate with WWE War Games. War Games very much was fantastic. Um, we'll talk about the smaller matches, then I'll talk about the War Games. Uh, you guys know how I feel about War Games. Um, it's just such a dangerous match. It, it seems like at least a third of the participants usually are not at the next week's show or not medically cleared because and and some of them like the last time NXT did it like half the card was completely out like the next like the month like the next month it was only like a couple of them could come back and that's it's just not worth it in my opinion but let's start with Finn Balor versus AJ Styles this was the five star Meltzer classic that we thought it could be uh, ultimately, AJ Styles gets a pay-per-view win because Finn doesn't. Finn's in that area just like AJ, where it's not that important. But it's great that AJ finally got one in there. But uh, these two former leaders of of the Bullet Club went out there and tore the house down, and it was um, just just amazing what those two can do. Ronda Rousey took on Shotzi. We knew what was going to happen with this match, but I got to give Shotzi credit because knowing that you're probably not going to win this, there was decent buildup for this match, and she took some she took some of Ronda's shots, but she also made some great moments of herself that will only make her move up the card the same way Liv did. that has propelled her to a better spot on on the card you know Shotzi is a really really good performer um at times I mean I'm a Ronda Rousey fan I'm a Shotzi fan I'm a fan of a lot of people but I don't know the way they're portraying Ronda is just kind of boring so I like when Shotzi or Liv or other people match up with her because they they make it go a different direction but uh, good on Ronda for retaining. Uh, better on Shotzi for coming out and making the most of an opportunity. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the U.S. title. This was crazy that they made the U.S. title look like it was the most important title all night long. And technically, it was. Um, just... All-out great battle. Uh, Theory pulls a... I don't know, he pulls a Seth Rollins. Finds a way to get the win after chaos at the end. But it didn't matter because this was just amazing. You want to know if, what they think of Austin Theory? A lot of people said once Vince disappeared that Triple H was just going to let him go into oblivion. No. He has a plan for him, but it was not money in the bank style. That's why they dropped that case as soon as they could. He's the U.S. champion again. Uh, he can still battle with Bobby Lashley. He can still battle with Seth Rollins. They can both move away from there into other things. 
and he can battle all kinds of people. He is going to be a great ambassador for the U.S. title. Uh, two thumbs up to Austin Theory. I think he did the most that he could to boost his stock in the company. Let's go to the women's to the women's uh, war games. Um, it was all right. Definitely having Becky Lynch added as as the last member for uh, the good team for the faces uh, was definitely the right move because she she adds uh, a, a heightened importance to matches anyway. And for people like me that um, you know are not the world's biggest Bianca Belair fans, or uh, you know a couple of other people in the match, this was not the cluster that it could have been, and it had a lot to do with Lynch, and it had a lot to do with um, had a lot to do with Rhea Ripley, and actually Nikki Cross. To me, those were the ones that not save this match, but they made it more important. Which is crazy because they have nothing to do with the title or anything else moving forward, but it was good. It was definitely good. Uh, uh, EO Sky had some really, really cool moments. And, uh, The uh, the Lynch leg drop from the top, outstanding, outstanding. Uh, that that hurts like crap. I will take their word for it. You will not see me climb the top of the cage. I don't care what's at the top of it. We don't care what's at the bottom of the cage. I'm not climbing up there to do a leg drop. But uh, she made it look effortless. Let's go to the men's war games, and it very much is the. Uh, very much the same thing. This was a, a really solid match. Uh, the people that made this even better, they, they just put it on a different level. Um, Butch carrying the load the way he did was uh, fantastic. Um, obviously, the uh, uh, when Roman stops Jimmy from from entering the match to save his brother and told Sammy to go fix it. That was that was interesting. It comes down to Kevin Owens and Zane and Kevin going you you're always going to be that guy. You know, basically going you you're always going to be that guy. Uh you you're you know you, you're going to eventually turn on Roman, we all know that. And uh Zane doing the low blow and the haluva kick to to uh, basically help secure the win. That that was one of the best things ever. Um, I like that Kevin Owens wore a Dusty Rhodes shirt. That was a shout out to the guy who created and made War Games as big as it was way back when. Um, what was the other thing?
Um, I mean, honestly, I gotta give Ariel Hawani credit. He threw out this theory how Sami Zayn could play this the right way, uh, somehow angers Roman, and eventually does a face flip and faces Roman at WrestleMania where he wins the title from Roman. Uh, that's a that's a heck of a theory, heck of an idea. Uh, Helwani, I, I see you there, I, and I like that. That could be very entertaining. But overall, overall, I give War Games. I don't know. I give it a four out of five. I, th I thought it was was really good, really solid, in some good spots. I felt like some people really elevated their stock. You know, like I said, Shotzi, Austin Theory, um, some other ones, but. Overall, you did a good job, WWE. Um, I'm not sure how the numbers looked, but but I liked it. A lot of other people liked it, and we'll see this week what the fallout from all of that will be. Let's move to NXT real quick. The things I want to tell you about there: Toxic Attraction. Of course, that was uh, the the, the non-Mandy members that uh, were getting into it with KC Squared. We know that that. Tag team battle is going to happen again somewhere down the road. That's going to be a fun one because KC Squared is is the most established tag team, and the current champs and Toxic Attraction are um, are probably the second best tag team. They really are. Cora Jade versus Wendy Chu. I don't know if this was a one off. I know they have built up a little bit of of rapport between them. I hope this is more than just a one off because these two actually had a really really good match. It was one of my favorite moments of the entire show on Tuesday. Um, Cora Jade and Wendy Chu, I, I think two people that that uh, are underrated. I know Cora had a, a run kind of towards the top. I, I look for more from these two. I think they can do a lot, and hopefully this goes a couple more matches between them. Uh, we finally got to see who all the, the hidden video people are got to see scripts. Turns out it's Reggie, the acrobat guy. Yeah, I think they screwed this one up. They they had it. They had it really cool with the way they the guy was uh, threatening things and all this kind of stuff. And then he shows up and he's he's Reggie, the acrobat guy. And Reggie's okay, but it just you, you I don't know. I think you just you you screwed that one up. Uh, Zoe Stark took on Soul Ruka. Two things from this. Because didn't care for the match because Stark just took liberties with Sol Rukut, who is brand new and greener than Kermit the Frog. But it's not her fault. She can still wrestle a little bit. She's getting better. I've seen the evolution just in the last month of her matches on there. But Stark just kind of flung her around different ways, which just did nothing. It was almost a squash match. But the whole point of this was so that Nikita Lyons could come out. And we're going to eventually get Stark versus Lyons, which is going to be great. Because Lyons is going to kick the crap out of Zoe Stark. And if she doesn't, well, then we're starting to look at another segment where I may uh, I may fast forward through my NXT viewing. But uh, we finally get to see those two fight. I hope it goes to some epic showdown that does not involve weapons. That they just beat the tar out of each other. Um, should be good, though. The Andre Chase Duke Hudson thing is kind of interesting. They got the, the tag championship opportunity gets pretty deadly pretty deadly takes advantage of uh, those two not being on the same page but 
you know, everybody, they're, they're basically doing the Duke Hudson storyline the same way that Impact Wrestling is doing the Bully Ray storyline, where everybody says, oh, you can't trust that guy. Oh, we know it's just an act. Oh, we can't. What if, what if it's not? Why can't he just be, they got rid of Bodie. So, I mean, they need another person in Chase U, because if not, if it's just Andre Chase and, gosh, I forgot the, the woman's name. Can't remember it anymore. But, if, if it's just those two, then Chase U doesn't really work. You gotta have another male in there. If it means that Duke and, and her pair off somewhere down the road, Thea. I think it's Thea. Then then fine, but the Chase U stuff is fun. It's It gets people involved. People actually want to be part of the Chase U section at NXT tapings. I know if I went, I would consider doing it just because it looks fun. But, uh, the like I said, the Andre Chase, Duke Hudson stuff, that's it's going to be interesting. Let's see what they actually do with that. They could, they could prolong that for a while. And then lastly, outside of Cora Jade, Wendy Chu, my other favorite moment from NXT this week was Carmelo Hayes challenging Wesley for the North American Championship. This was really, really good. Wesley is very underrated. We know how good Carmelo is. We have seen him in some of the best matches of the year so far as he took on uh, he took on Cameron Grimes and he's, he's took on... A lot of other people and been really, really solid, really good, especially around the North American Championship. Uh, but Wesley to get the victory here, I, I thought it was just great. And then we get to see who the justice person or judgment or I, I don't know what he was calling himself anymore, but uh, Donovan Dijak looks like he's back and he took out Wesley. He's uh, He's got a leather jacket and a snarl on his face. And I give him credit, it was way better than finding out what Scripps was. So, um, good for them on that. NXT, uh, give them a, give them a, I'll give them a four out of five. Yeah, War Games, I'll, I'll say, is more of a, a four and a half out of five. But NXT was a four out of five. Uh, we go to Impact Wrestling next. They do a holiday special where they show a bunch of random Thanksgiving-related moments. People wearing turkey suits, random crap. They're so awful at doing flashback stuff. They do it all the time. But we did get to see the video of what happened after Overdrive between Bully Ray and Josh Alexander. Bully Ray took out Josh Alexander. And uh, then pulled his wife over the barrier. And was going to take her out as well in Bully Ray fashion. But uh, Josh kind of covered over her. And uh, Bully got ran off by Rich Swan, who we'll have a match against this week. And by Scott Damore, who kind of pitched a little hissy fit. It I don't know. It I definitely think everybody involved knew about it. I, I don't think he just went rogue, because if so, I feel like more than just a wrestler and Scott Demore would have come down there. I feel like security or multiple people from the back would have come by to to go to just say don't do that. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get what they're trying to do with Bully over there. I'm glad that Josh Alexander. 
uh, does not have the title. That's exciting to me. But other than that, it's just uh, kind of weird. And, and, you know, Impact Wrestling, you did a holiday special, and then you showed me that video. That video is the only thing that was worth anything of everything you showed for the entire two hours. So you get a two out of five. And 1.99 part of it was the video. Uh, New Japan, we got to see part of the Capital Collision Tour. Uh, Jay White and Hikaleo from the Bullet Club took on Rocky Romero and Kazuchika Okada. Really good match. Rocky Romero is very underrated. Hikaleo is actually coming along pretty nicely. He To be as big as he is, he does some, some really great work. Ultimately, Jay White gets the pin over Rocky Romero, and Okada, Okada uh, looks as solid as he was. And then we got to see Will Ospreay defend the United States title against Juice Robinson, uh, Moxley, and Tanahashi that were all there. Uh, pretty good match. Some pretty good, given the talent level, I felt like it could have been a little better. But given the, the talent level, I thought it would be a little better. But ultimately, there were some good moments between Moxley and Tanahashi and, and uh, Juice and Osprey. That's going to be the battle going on down the road as Juice Robinson actually cleanly wins the match for the United States title. Osprey, uh, again, was is kind of controversial finish. But um, Osprey versus Juice is going to be fantastic. Uh, give New Japan, give them three and a half out of five. It was it was it was good solid action. Um, I know that the stuff they show on television is like two to three weeks old, sometimes a month old. So I know this is just part of the U.S. invasion tour, things like that. But uh, you put some big names on a card, you you put some really good matches together. So I give you a solid rating. And then let's go to AEW. We'll start with Dynamite. Uh, Regal comes out to try to explain himself as he helped MJF beat Moxley for the title by throwing him some brass knuckles. By the way, don't try to go into an airport, especially in New York, with those. Um, particularly UF, UFC fighter found that out the hard way. as uh, he They were probably a gift, from what he says, from a fan. He didn't really see what they were, but um, those are highly illegal in New York. So we want to try to avoid those. But, instead, Moxley comes out, and he's ready to fight Regal. Danielson holds him off, and he says, hold on. I'm not saying you shouldn't kill him right now. But, let's give him the chance to explain himself and to, to uh, kind of explain his actions. And we really didn't get that. So, I guess that's going to kind of continue somewhere down the road. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, I don't... They may eventually split, because I could see Regal going with MJF, which would be a good pairing. It would make MJF even more formidable. And I'm kind of talking myself into it the more I talk about it. So let's let's do that. Let's do that, AEW. Why not? Um, the Blackpool Combat Club is as cool as they are. I think Claudio needs to split off. If him and you don't want to split off, that's great. Um, Danielson's only going to wrestle a little bit longer, I believe, and John Moxley can kind of freelance between New Japan and, and AEW as he pleases, now that he's not the, the champ. 
It's the problem he had with New Japan. It's the problem he had with AEW. You can't go back and forth when you're the champ because you're wanted it a lot more at one than the other at that point. Um, we got to see, speaking of champ, Orange Cassidy defended his All-Atlantic title against Jake Hager. This is a, a really good match. Hager is, uh, to be as big and powerful as he is, he can move, but it has a lot to do with uh, he was a champion amateur wrestler, and a uh, he also uh, fights in the MMA arena quite a bit. I think he's still listed under Bellator. He hadn't fought in a while, but... I feel like that could change pretty soon because he'll have a couple matches and then he disappears for like a month or so. It's because he's training. He goes and fights and then he comes back. But uh, this was really good. Orange is a weird matchup for people, but him and Hager really hit it off. And then QT Marshall and the factory come down to go after the best friends in Orange. And instead, the lights go out. House of Black comes out. And they pretty much drop anybody within sight. Looks like the House of Black are back. And they are at full force. And I know I'm not the only one excited by that. But that... The House of Black could be the breath of fresh air that AEW needs. That spark to just really get things rolling again. That's what I think at least. Uh, we got to see a tournament match as Ethan Page took on Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks was able to win that, so he goes to the tournament final. Um, I think against Brian Cage, if I'm not mistaken. Did that match already happen? Maybe that match already happened. Actually, I knew that. I knew it. I had it marked right here and still didn't see it. Thanks to producer Sunshine for letting me know of that. I had it wrote down right here. Ricky Starks beating Ethan Page on Dynamite was the final. So now he will go. Um, he will go in and get a world title shot, I guess, against MJF. At winter is coming in December. So congratulations to Ricky Starks. Um, unfortunately, he is not going to beat. MJF, I do not think, but Ricky Starks is, uh, I continue to sing his praises that he will be a cornerstone down the road. That uh, they really, really uh, should uh, hitch their wagon to. Uh, the Elite took on Death Triangle as part of the second match of the best of seven that they are doing, and for the second time, Death Triangle ends up with the win. We know the Elite's going to battle back and get a couple of these. But uh, it's good to see the Elite back on television as we will need to rewarm back up to them. It won't take very long. Looks like Kenny Omega is, is in better shape than the last time we saw him uh, before the suspension. And uh, Death Triangle continues to... Uh, you can kind of see at some point they could split because it seems like Phoenix is not real big on the tactics. But for now they keep winning, so... We'll see what happens there, but those are six of the most fun, six of the most fun people to have in a, in a ring, and you put them all there at once. You just you get action everywhere. Um, Renee comes out and makes a Thunder Rosa announcement, and it's the one I told you about. The spoiler alert from last week that the uh, Thunder Rosa has relinquished the title. 
and the Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter possessions of the belt are no longer in a room. They are now part of uh, the the inner room is is done. So it's just a uh, regular title run for them, which is fantastic. Uh, of course, Hater and uh, Dr. Brett Baker, DMD, came out and said a few things to Renee and then went to the ring as they had a tag match as they took on uh, Ty and Anna and Willow, Nightingale, and Sky Blue. Uh, I like the fact that Ty and Anna got uh, thrown around quite a bit because... Uh, I don't like that everybody in the JAS gets preferential treatment, and that is not just opinion. You should check it out. Um, and Willow and Sky are, are a formidable team, but they are two outstanding women's wrestlers, and uh, you should watch any match that involves uh, Willow, Sky, Jamie Hayter, or Britt Baker. Uh, Britt ends up with the pin over Sky. It's going to be fun, though. Interesting that Hayter didn't get it, that, that Britt did. But, um, you know, somewhere down the road they'll face off. But for now, Jamie Hayter's reign is going to be a fun one. And the belt looks good on you, champ. The Acclaimed come out. And before they can do their big celebration, Lethal, Dutt, and Satnam Singh appear on the board. And uh, basically, they basically have challenged the Acclaimed. Which is fine, if that's who the next challengers are. And uh, the best part was is that Billy Gunn said, I still do hold a little water around here, a little clout. Uh, get them off my screen. And then they did their big celebration. Now that his hands are healed, apparently. And then we got into what was the main event. That was... Um... I would say it might be the second best match of the night behind uh, behind the Elite and Death Triangle. It was a little better than Orange and Hager. So uh, Chris Jericho defended the Ring of Honor title against Tomohiro Ishii. That dude is the Stone Pit Bull. If you ever see him, that's what he looks like. And he is a massive, just Stone Pit Bull human being. Um, really good match. Uh, it was It was straight up. No funny business from Jericho for the most part, and in the end he retains his belt, and then he gets called out by Claudio Castanoli. That's a thousand percent what needs to happen. Or a hundred percent, you can't have more than a hundred percent. That is a hundred percent what needs to happen. Uh, Jericho versus Claudio in a rematch. Claudio should take his belt back and do some great things. That's why I think his days with the Blackpool Combat Club may, may be coming to an end sooner rather than later. I don't think he's going to it, I think it's just going to kind of commonly dissolve, which hopefully helps Yuta, but I don't know if it will. But uh, Claudio versus Jericho, something very much upcoming. And then lastly, we had AEW Rampage. It kicked off with FTR defending their Ring of Honor tag belts against Top Flight. If you ever want to see what what would happen if... I don't know, if I would say if Ole and Arn Anderson were able to take on, I don't know, maybe the Rockers? No, Top Flight's, they do better stuff than the Rockers. Um, gosh, but I don't know, when you get old school versus new school, this was, 
I'll be honest, this tag match was better than anything Dynamite did. And Dynamite did some really good things that I just told you about. Uh, FTR does retain, but I like that FTR has been has said on screen, on camera, and they've said off as well to anybody that will listen. Top Flight is a team somewhere down the road that is going to run tag team wrestling because they're that good. But FTR retains. This was a really good match. Another altercation with JAS and Claudio. Uh, Tony Storm talks to Renee for a little bit. She gets, you know, told about the interim was taken off that. She thought it was great. Uh, praised the women's division as she should. Tony Storm is one of the top of the division, and not because she's the former champ. It's a really, really good division, and we will. We're about to get into a little more of that division. It AEW's got one of the best women's divisions in wrestling. Uh, WWE has, has made a pretty good case recently, but uh, AEW, they they have a really good women's division. Uh, but up for, well, I'll talk about that now. Uh, Hikaru Shida took on Queen Amanada. Of course, Shida wins that one, and she gets uh, approached by the Bunny and Penelope Ford. Looks like they're going to come after Shida now, which is good. Uh I'm a fan of the bunny. She does some amazing work. Her facial expressions are outstanding, by the way. And Penelope Ford, since coming back off injury, she seems to get better and better. So if we get to see a mix of Sheeta versus Ford or Sheeta versus Bunny or Bunny and Ford versus Sheeta and name random person, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. just shows you how big the depth is in the AEW women's division. Uh, we got to see Darby Allen with his buddy Sting take on Anthony Henry. This is a pretty good match. Anthony Henry's a, a good, solid wrestler. Uh, Darby ends up with the win. Uh, looks like Jeff Jarrett and Sting at some point are going to face off again, and uh, I kind of look forward to it because that's kind of one of those matches that are you know is going to be good, but they're making us wait so long for it that... You, it's kind of starting to lose some glow, so it needs to start moving towards it happening sooner rather than later. And then finally, in what was the moment we've all seen coming, but it was well done, well done. We got to see John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Ten go against Roosh, the Butcher, and the Blade. Really good match. Um... Johnny Hungy and Reynolds do some of the best tag team tandem wrestling out right now. And uh, in the end, Roosh gets the victory. And Ten unmasks and hands his mask to um, Brody Lee's uh, oldest son, Negative One, who is who was at the top of the ramp in his mask. And uh, I guess he's no longer 10 in the Dark Order. I think he is just going to go by Preston Vance. A lot of people have said he has a bright future in this business. He was handpicked by Brody Lee, who who is another big man who did some amazing things. And he said Preston Vance is a guy who can really, really get the job done. But uh, 10 flipped. He's now part of Roosh. And for people that ask, too, a lot of people have said, oh, gosh, I guess Roosh... Uh, is going to have to run things because Andrade is gone. No, he's he's not gone. He's still under the roster. He's still on the roster, rather. Uh, he tore his pectoral during the big six-man match with the Elite uh, 
what a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, or a month or so ago when the Elite had first come back, and he just recently had successful surgery to repair that, and so he's rehabbing at home. He'll he'll be back when he's ready to go. But Andrade is not gone. He is still there, and uh, we will wait for his return. But we will have to wait for the return of next week's show to talk more MMA and pro wrestling as we have reached the end of Strong Style. We can already hear the bell. You guys are probably tapping out for the week. But we're going to have another amazing show lined up for you guys next week. But for now, this has been Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.